The following podcast is a production of Hardly Awesome Studios in association with the network. Find us at BICBP-radio.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Out of the Shadows. I'm one of your hosts, Chris Chavez, joined as always by Jim Clark. What's going on, everybody? Jim, we're back for another episode, another movie delving into 1982 horror. Yes. Yes. I mean, look, we're going to pull <laughs> back the curtain. When we record, typically we talk ahead of time we have a we kind of debrief how are things going right what's going on blah 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 then we'd go okay let's hit record and start the show and we started talking about this immediately though like we're just like wow we made some comments about the movie we watched for this episode i don't even know dude like i don't even know where to go from here because this is one of like this is probably one of the more quote unquote different horror movies we've seen for this for this show, for this podcast? Yeah, I'd say that's fair to say, <laughs> if that's how you want to put it. <laughs> Let's dive in, man. Let's just dive right in. We're jumping back into 1982 horror movies, and we're talking about Q, the Winged Serpent. For 10 centuries, it has waited to be awakened. To be worshipped again like a god. To fill the skies. To cast its shadow over the earth. To release its fury. Today in New York City, the winged serpent rises. The winged serpent rules. The Winged Serpent. David Carradine. This thing has been prayed back into existence. Michael Moriarty. It was big and there was something in it that looked like an egg. But it couldn't have been an egg. I mean, there aren't any eggs. I mean, there's no egg that big. Richard Roundtree. What I want to know is, how the hell is this tie-in with the murders and the mutilations? Candy Clark. What are you going to do if someone dies tomorrow, or the next day, or the next day? Well, I'm not going to think about it, you know? It won't be my fault. It'll be theirs if they don't give me what I want. Money. One million dollars in cash tax-free. They are searching. Looking good! Discovering. <laughs> Believing. Preparing for the battle of a thousand years. Both tracer ammunition. Want to see the trajectory? Get those guns in the basket. Okay, everybody hold their positions. Everybody stay right where you are, all right? Don't move. the fantastic flying forces of a lost age. You like saying a prayer? 
the winged serpent. Today in New York City, the winged serpent rules. The legend has come alive. When I saw this on the documentary, I remember just kind of being curious, like, really? First of all, did you ever see, what was the name of that that movie back in the day um, where it was kind of like, it wasn't Hercules, but it was like this kind of like warrior that was fighting like creatures and stuff like that was all like claymation. And then they made a remake of it more recently. Do you know what I'm talking about? Um Titans, something with the Titans. Sure. Oh, Clash of the Titans. Clash of the Titans. Yes. So the original Clash of the Titans. I remember watching this, the little clips on this documentary in search of darkness, uh, where we do this podcast based on. And I remember looking at this clips on this movie going, this looks very much like clash of the Titans, very much like claymation stop motion stuff. Um, Mm -hmm. But that's that. That's like the last impression I have. I don't remember what any of the talking heads said about it. I don't remember what they were talking about as to why they considered it, you know, one of these great '80s horror movies. So going into it, it was I was curious. I was very curious. I wanted to see what is this. <laughs> what about you? Um, I understood what I was getting into. Oh, you did? Did you look into it ahead of time, or no? I just remember them talking about All right. it in the documentary. You saw it more recently. The um, documentary. More recent yeah, than I've, I did, because so, my memory yeah, was just like, I don't remember much of what was said about it. And I remember, I don't remember exactly what was said, but I, I remember enough to have formed the the opinion in my head of, I knew what I was getting into. So I knew exactly what I was walking into. I had I had no other expectations except what this movie is, um, for what it is. But yes. <laughs> so Larry Cohen film, right? Let's yes. start there. Larry Cohen, um, are you familiar with his works? Not particularly, no. All right, so Larry Cohen, uh, did you ever see movies like It's Alive? No. The Stuff? Did you ever see The Stuff? It's coming up in this. In this. Yeah, yeah, I'm familiar with these titles. I've never actually seen these movies. Oh, uh, so. gotcha, gotcha. Um, he did write a movie in the in the mid 2000s called uh, Cellular, though. Wait, and I remember that. Was, that wasn't really a horror movie. Was but, that? I was gonna say, did he write the movie? Yeah, he wrote that, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, because rem- I, I, I was thinking about the Stephen King movie, The Cell. Did they make that into a movie? Oh, um, yes, they did. Ooh, not a very well-known movie because if you don't know it, then you don't know it. Does but, it suck? Um, I don't think it did very good. It had some big-named actors in it, though. Uh, you ever see Maniac Cop one, two, or three? I think I saw the first one. I had Bruce Campbell. Okay, in it. see Larry Cohen. This is a Larry Cohen yes. film. Um, he's had so. They're not well-known films. These are not blockbusters when you talk about Larry Cohen films. And Q (laughs) is definitely not a blockbuster. It's definitely not an A. We talked about this at the beginning, uh, right before we started the show. But this movie was made for $1.1 million. Okay, and and think about it. That's 1981. It's a lot of money for back then, right? Yes. Where do you think a lot of the money went to? 
Helicopters? Um, the helicopters, dude? Because you knew it used to be a lot of money to rent helicopters and get a lot of those shots. They had to pay true. they had to pay the whoever owned the Chrysler building at the time, because they used the Chrysler building in New York City as part of the plot of this film. So that they could film yeah. in there and some of the exterior scenes. Um yeah, and then they had to go and get extra insurance for the Chrysler building at one point too. I guess they needed to, like another fifteen thousand dollars worth of coverage or something like that. I'll tell you though, the 000. the money didn't go into the creature, dude. <laughs> which might lend uh, a little bit to. Oh, I'll, I'm, I think there's two reasons which lends to the way the uh, the film is put together and shot because it re- it reminds me a lot of Jaws. Okay. Um, some of the shots and the way way we don't see the creature but we see from the creature's perspective. Um, so I'm sure, I'm sure that lends to part of it, but then the other part of it is the fact that they didn't have the budget. I wonder if a lot of, a lot of their money had to go to David Carradine as well, because David Carradine's one of the lead characters in this film. He plays one of the detectives. True. And at the time he had already been in what was a very kind of popular television show, Kung Fu. Okay. Um, and then we know, have you ever seen Kill? You've seen Kill Bill, obviously. Yeah. Kill Bill, yeah, yeah. So um, so Carradine's in this. Uh, and who's the other detective? I forgot his name. Um, Richard Roundtree. Okay. Uh, from the Shaft films. Okay. So you're, yes. you're talking about Shaft and you're talking about the guy from Kung Fu in this film. And everybody else is, is pretty much lesser known, no name, or maybe character side actors uh, uh, back in those days. You know, these are mm-hmm. the two biggest names in the film. <sighs> yeah, the money definitely didn't go into special effects in this one. No, at least no, not I into think, the I creature. Think, personally, I think the biggest probably expenses were probably locations, and then probably those helicopter shots. Let's talk about this movie, dude. What's what is the plot of this movie? <laughs> like, what's going on in this movie? Um, okay, so the plot of this movie is there's some mysterious deaths happening around town. Um, and the police are investigating to figure out what's going on. Can we, can, uh, can we stop? I'm gonna, hold time. on. Let me pause you there for a second, too. Let me pause there for a second. <laughs> I don't go into as depth as you do. But yeah, what was what the was the point to that second plot? Why? Why the second plot at all? When the whole movie was about which one? this thing, the main creature is the main plot, right? The other yes. thing is like a subplot, like this this thing that's going on with like. Yes, you could have completely ignored it with the with the guy who robbed the jewelry store. Because no, I think he was important because he's our character. He's one of our main characters, right? He's almost like a final girl for us. We're supposed to follow him through what takes us into what's happening with this creature. But let me ask you: okay. Is this thing that's happening with the weird kind of um, the the sacrificial skinning of the, the people Mayan stuff? Is that why that creature's there? Like, did they call the creature there? Yes, yes. yes. Oh. To, that, that's why that's in the in the story. So, so that's why I focused. missed it when I watched it because for a while I was like, "This is like, who cares? What? Who cares about this at all? Like, there's a. It, this is for because to me this was a, a, a kaiju film. This was a, a monster film. This was just like a, a yes, big creature. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this other piece of it was weird to me. It just felt like this was a creature that was just showing up to lay its eggs. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, no, because Larry Cohen needed a reason for this thing to be there, so that was his reason. Boy, that was a lot of convolutedness happening in this movie. (laughs) Oh, Jesus Christ, dude. Yeah, you're telling me. So anyway, okay, Uh, so there's this, yeah, go on with your plot. plot, Yes, Uh, and then there's another subplot uh, (laughs) following one of our main characters where he's uh, not so much a great kosher guy, uh, and he decides to rob a jewelry store with some other guys. Is it just me, or did Um, he feel like the Walmart version of Bill Burr? 
Oh my God. Yeah, dude. It was, <laughs> it was Bill Burr. And then there was somebody else too. I saw, I can't remember who it was, but there was somebody else I saw in him too. But, um, yeah, yeah. Bill Burr for sure. <laughs> Sounds like him even dude. a little bit, dude. Sometimes. Um, but that's, that's Michael Moriarty. That's our, our, um, yeah. that's our Jimmy Quinn character. Um, so yeah, and then we, you know, we're, we're going along, the police are investigating, trying to figure out what's going on. And they start, I don't know where the hell they pulled this out of their ass from, um, but they put it on some Mayan sacrificial, uh, things to the gods. Uh, and that's what this is. This, this Aztec. thing killing people is the God. Yes. Aztec. Um, <clears throat> I don't know where the hell they got that from. Sure. Um, but they figured it out. Um, however, at the same time, our Jimmy Quinn uh, jewelry store robber guy uh, has found the nest. Um, and he got into some trouble with the other people he was robbing the store with and said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to feed them to this thing so that they get off my back. So he knows where this <laughs> nest is and he's used it to his advantage already. Yeah. Um, and, then, uh, and then he tells his girlfriend when she comes to visit him and she says, you have to tell them people are dying. And he uh, he basically wants a Nixon pardon and money. Um, that's what he tells the cops. Yeah. He says, "I I'll, I'll tell you, but I want I want a million dollars tax free, and uh, I want I want to be forgiven for all the crimes I have committed that you guys know about and don't know about, and anything you might find out about." That's right. Yes, I I want basic um, immunity from anything from my past up to today. Yeah. They're like, pretty, yeah, right. Uh, pretty nice parachute, dude. But they were like, okay, um, we'll give it to you. Yeah. We'll give you the money. And then they, uh, yeah, he gets his money. And then they, uh, he takes him up there and then they find the egg. I guess there's an egg too. Um, and then, uh, and then they kill the damn thing. The baby. The fucking the thing egg. down. Yeah. Well, not just the egg, but well, the, the, first, the first thing he says to do is to put a tarp over that, right? Like get it in there, trap Giant it, piece and of then canvas, you can take care of it so all at once. Out. Yes, yes. And they don't do what he says. They just go and they kill no. the baby. Yeah, then the mom comes around. They fucking shoot Q out of the sky. Is this Q, right? Q, because it stood for like yes, some weird Quetzal long Coddle. name. Quetzalcoatl or something like that? Yeah. Yeah, dude. And then... Um... <laughs> and then they kill the poor thing. And then... The police are like, fuck you, we're not giving you money. Matter of fact, you need to refund anything you may have spent since then. <laughs> what the shit? And that's one of the things about this movie, right? Like one of the like it's it's a monster movie that's happening, but we're also following kind of the life of this guy, this criminal, that he's not a great guy, but you don't like not like him. Do you know what I mean? Like you just kind of I kept kind of pulling for him. Like I saw where he was coming from when he just kept getting pissed off that like, yeah, everyone was screwing him over no matter what. Right. Like, yeah, he was yeah. just trying. Uh, and also, like, there was that one time where he was like they wanted to get him in on the scheme, the the criminals. And he's like, I'll think about it. I have another possible gig Job happening. So he yeah. goes to this bar. He's like, hey, I heard you need a piano player. I can play. So you can see he's in his mind. He's trying to set some shit straight, right? He's trying to yeah, get yeah, himself. Yeah, he's trying to get out of that dirty life and set straight. This is yeah. the cat, right? This is the cat. This is the cat. Mm -hmm. This is who. This is why now when you everything else in the movie that he does, even though it's despicable, you still feel like he's redeemable because of this moment where he's trying to set his life straight. He mm -hmm. goes into his place that that this bar that his girlfriend works at, and he starts to play the piano, and it's like this jazz scatting piano, 
And the bartender's just kind of like, this fucking sucks. He throws the jukebox on in the middle of him playing, <laughs> and you feel bad for the guy. You're like, what the yeah. fuck, dude? That's so rude, right? There mm-hmm. it is. That's how you save the cat. That's where you 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 tie in, right? Your heart is now invested in this guy where now you feel bad for him. So no matter how despicable he is the rest of the movie, which there are moments that kind of push the edge, but there's nothing that pushes you over the edge to say, I don't like this guy at all. You know what I mean? Yeah, because you know he you can you can tell he's just a normal dude going through some shit. He's dude. just trying to get out of he's it. Trying and make to get it, straight. Right? Yeah. Yep. Uh so I liked that. Like I had to say, I was very surprised at that aspect of the film. I was surprised that there was a character that I actually invested in and I liked him even though he was who he was throughout the movie there were times every time he got slighted I was like god damn it this fucking like I know where he's coming from do you know what I mean <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, all the way to like luring up those guys to, to to their demise I was like fuck yeah dude take him up there do it this is awesome yeah Um, but again I'm coming into this looking for a monster film and I didn't time it. This movie's how long? Well, what, 90 I mean, minutes? Is it 90 got, minutes? 93 got, minutes. You got a monster movie. Okay. You got a monster movie. Out of 93 minutes, it's probably 12 minutes of monster whatever. Everything else is this guy going through his shit, is the police yep. trying to figure things out, is a lot of talking, a lot of interviews, a lot of interaction, interpersonal. Like, that's this, this what this movie is. Like there's mm-hmm. barely any any things with the monster or 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 any kind of terror. To, like this is not horror. It's not even sci-fi. This is like melodrama, <laughs> bro. Yeah, no, I agree. Um it uh it, it I don't want to put this. It it felt like they were trying to mesh King Kong with a melodrama and it just didn't they they underplayed the King Kong aspect of it because that's how you market your movie yes. as a monster movie. Yes. Your, the name of your movie is named after the monster, totally the winged underplayed. serpent. Your fucking poster has the monster on it, dude. Yes. The poster for this looks badass, mm-hmm. dude. This fucking giant you dragon. See more of that shit, it dude. literally it literally looks like King Kong, but with a winged serpent. Like he's literally holding the the naked blonde woman in his hand on top of the building in New York. And you walk in and you get, what, 12 minutes of monster. What did I miss out? I think the only thing we saw in terms of horrific or gore was at the very, very, very beginning with the window washer when he gets his head ripped mm, off. Mm-hmm. And the stump yes. just hits the window and it's just you're just like, oh, shit. All right. This is going to be fun because that's your opening, mm-hmm. right? Like this window washer, he's like a skeevy dude. And this woman inside is just like, oh, you're here again. How many times you got to wash that window, right? And he's all outside like, oh, yeah, my girlfriend. Hi. How you doing, honey? <laughs> right? You don't see Q take off this dude's head, but there's reaction. And then you see the stump. You see the aftermath. And that's what I'm saying. Like, right from the beginning, it's like, okay, this is going to be good. The mm-hmm. next time we see a victim, it's this woman who's going to sunbathe topless on uh, on one of the, the, the rooftops. Cool. But they didn't show a shit. They literally showed her react. Then she was gone. And you can just hear yep. stuff. And then from the ground, there's just dripping, right? Dripping blood on people. Well, don't forget. Don't forget. The guy with the telescope saw what happened. Right. Here's my other thing. Everybody keeps going, what's going on in the city? Are none of these people talking? So many people are looking <laughs> up and seeing this shit, right? They're seeing the horrors go down, and it's not on the news. It's not on newspapers. No one's screaming extra, extra on a corner. Like, what is happening in this world where 
this cop is bumbling around trying to figure out what's happening when literally like half the city sees this thing flying and causing terror. Like this cop has no clue what's going on. He's got to go to some museum and be taught about the Aztec culture. And do you know what I mean? Like what? See, but and then, but and then he missing. had to wait for a criminal to tell him it was a giant creature. Not the fact but, that this many people in the city saw it. You're missing one very important piece here, Chris. Okay. And they explain this in the movie. It's because it flies with the, the sun behind it. So when you look at it, you don't see it because the sun blinds you. Look, let That's me tell you something. That's how nobody sees it. Let me tell you something. <laughs> angles. There's a thing angles. called I'm angles. I'm looking at the sun. Okay. Yes. 45 degree <laughs> angle you. from the side. There's a thing called angles. Jesus. <laughs> Man. No, I was thinking the exact same thing the entire I'm like, how has nobody seen this fucking How's thing? How nobody said anything either, right? Like the yes. dude literally saw, and he was looking down. He wasn't looking into the sun. He was looking down. So that he could see this woman sunbathing. So that means he saw this thing swoop down. That is exactly. a weak Not premise. Not just that, but New York City in 1982, people are getting blood rain down on them. <laughs> I think that's going to make headlines. Something. Uh, Something. Just saying. Man. But yeah, no, that was that was ridiculous. But this at is least, a... you know what? I'll give Larry Cohen for at least trying to explain it. I'll give it to him. I'll give him credit there. At least you tried. You know what? I would have liked it better if people were trying to call it in and they just weren't being taken seriously, right? And so, like, you only saw it on like tabloid headlines. Then that's cool too. That much, that's much better. But true, okay. But but let me explain something. How many people are going to call this in? You're talking New York City, nineteen eighty. Probably talking at least a thousand people, right? No, I would Minimal. say more saw it. Okay. Because here's okay. the we'll other say, thing. We'll say minimum a thousand people. How many? Reports These are skyscrapers, the same thing? right? You're working in an office oh, bro, and it's where you have a fucking buildings. gorgeous yes. view of the city, right? And like you're taking a break, you push away from your desk, you're done with some paperwork, you want to just kind of look out over the city and just kind of let your brain clear for a second, and this fucking thing just swoops by and swoop grabs somebody off of a rooftop. Like you're gonna notice it. <laughs> <laughs> No, I know. I know. Dude. There's so much, dude, where I was like, what is happening with this? Here's the other thing. How about when they were all up in the Chrysler building just shooting recklessly, just ammo, just like thousands and thousands of rounds of ammo straight into the air, which straight at some point air, have dude. to come down. It's going to come back down. St- straight out, which we're in New York City. They're buildings all around. Like, how many people are working <laughs> where fucking bill- bullets are just whizzing by their heads? They're like, what the shit's happening right now? Um, okay, but let's also not forget about the uh, the casings that are being ejected from the gun while these people are being shot, which actually were being ejected from the guns when they were shooting these guns on top of the Chrysler building. Were they really? Yes, they were, dude. Oh, my God. <laughs> so they were falling down in stories, and they, they were doing some repair work up there, like in the weeks beforehand. So they had safety netting. Thank God they have the safety netting because all the casings were falling into that. But wow, damn dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They were careless when they made this movie, but here's another question. When they were firing those guns, there were tracer rounds in there. Am I not mistaken? Why? Cause you saw the, the little white things flying see, around. Yes. The bullets. Those are tracer rounds. I'm assuming dude. that's the only thing I could think of. 
well, that I was actually the special. I think that was their special effects. Like that. that was their special effects to say the guns are actually shooting. That was old <laughs> and how school. Like, guns... Pew pew. Like that's all we needed was that I, sound effect. I was effect. just gonna say, pew, dude, pew pew pew. The sound effects for the guns sounded like they were lasers. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, well that makes sense with the with the beam things coming out of the oh, guns, the tracer amazing, round dude. looking things. But yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And, and 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 they actually hit this fucking thing with those guns. Yeah. A few times Enough to kill it. A few times, Christ, right, dude? Like after a while, was it me or did I feel bad for the, the this creature? I was just oh, like, I know. What the yeah. fuck, dude? Well, because this creature didn't know any better. I was just trying. You to have to eggs. feel. You have to feel. If you're if you're any sort of empath, you have to feel bad for the creatures. And like King Kong, he doesn't know any better. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? It's not his fault. Fucking white man brought the, the you know this creature to to the states to to show him off. And on this that side, dude of wasn't it, a white dude. No, wasn't it? That dude, the, the 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 Aztec priest. No, I was talking about King Kong. Sorry. <laughs> oh, 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 yeah, yes, that one, yes. <laughs> no, um, but this one, okay. So this other guy, right? The Aztec priest. This becomes this other like subplot, and the idea of the plot is happening is because this is what's drawing this creature, and the idea is is that they have to sacrifice so many people to this god for it to. I don't know what. What what was the point of drawing it? I don't even know what was the point to that. I don't I don't know, dude. But know. you can't just kill somebody and sacrifice them. They have to be willing. They have to be like, yes, kill me. I know, dude. Oh man, what do you say? You know, that? And then the the guy at the end, the the last guy that they tried to sacrifice, yeah, um, that they walked in on, he that confused the fucking shit out of me, dude. I was, that, was that the cop? Was that yeah? But was that the um? Was that the guy that's uh I gotta look at his his um Wikipedia, but uh isn't he the principal from Breakfast Club? No, I don't think so. I think this guy was uh, somebody's brother. Oh, might, might have been that Car- one dude Caradine's that was getting brother. getting ready to get uh David Carradine's brother was getting ready to get sacrificed. I thought he was the like and then he jumps up, he's like, No, I want this, you know what I mean? Like I thought he was about to get I thought it was him that was about to get sacrificed. Okay. Um, but yeah, dude, that's the thing. You have to give yourself up willingly. And for some reason, like fucking skinning the person is, is a big deal in this too. Cause that's what happens. Um, yeah, there you go, bro. Which, 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 which is really weird. Okay. So we actually have, uh, within the first seven minutes of this movie, we have three deaths. Uh, the guy at the beginning on the scaffolding on the side of the building. Um, the third one is the girl sunbathing. Yep. The second one, in between them, they come in and they find that body, which yes. was really weird because we yes. went from one scene to this other scene with this black lady walking into the room and yep. screaming. And it's like, who the fuck is this? And, and where what's are happening? we now? Right. Yes. I yes. think they should have shown that in. first. They should have shown a couple of the ritual killings first. Then the creature appears. You know what I mean? I feel like yeah, they yeah, started yeah. Like because, pulling things in. Because that that second death, that, that skinned body, I thought that was the creature that did that to him. And I'm thinking... How did this creature get in this window to perfectly skin this body and leave it laying on the bed there like that? I also it doesn't make any sense. And I love then, how and they treat the crime scene, about these dude. Sacrifices. I love how oh. they treat the crime scene. He just throws look the at, pillow at, on the cadaver and walks out. <laughs> what the fuck just happened? Well, like, look where's at, the forensics know, involved? It was 1980s, dude. I look know, at, look but at you um, still take fingerprints or what something. Is it? Look at the howling. Look at the howling. Yes, uh, the, that's right. The, the reporters went in. Remember uh, Maniac at the end when that's they went right, in the apartment? Dude. Isn't it great? Uh, the, like, the police work in the 80s just was not the best. Or at least in the movies, right? 
Well, in real life, look at O.J. Simpson's trial. <laughs> the 80s just were not good. Oh, man. For um, police investigations. Um, but but yeah, yeah, no, there was a lot rough. There was a lot rough with this movie. Even some of the acting at points was rough, dude. Yeah. Um, what did and, you and, think and, about and the might Quinn? might lend it to the dialogue. What did you think about Moriarty, though? The character or the actor? The actor. And I'm going to tell you why. We have Shaft in this film, which for me, I think he did a decent job. David Carradine, being being a bigger name actor, for me, came off extremely like amateurish looking in this film. Like his yeah, acting, yeah. it looked like he didn't I care. He, like he was just kind of like, though, like just, he was probably just saying crazy paycheck, shit, though. dude. Yeah, I, I think but the it guy that to two things, fuck, the directing and the writing. But fucking Moriarty, though. I feel like this he guy had, took this role and said, you know what? I'm going to try to make this my breakout film no matter what. Because I don't know why. I love this dude. I absolutely loved this guy and just his character and the way he... I don't know. There was something about him, man. Like there He were times took this I really role liked him. to a, a level, man. There were times I really, really liked him. And then there were times I just really didn't like it. And again, <laughs> that could just... That could just lend to to the directing and the writing, or to him playing the character in a way where you're not supposed to like him. So he did a good job. No, 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 oh. not like that. There's just certain just choices in how he he um, made his acting decisions and choices uh, that I just didn't like. Like what? Yeah. Like what? Or somebody acting spots, like the whole p- piano playing. Um, I thought could have been different, but it's it's, it's interesting <clears throat> because I think he's the one who wrote that. No, um, did you see what happened? So apparently. Uh, Larry Cohen didn't this was not in the film and it wasn't until Larry Cohen found out that uh, Moriarty played piano and was a musician that Cohen was like you know what I want to write that into the film so he wrote just that scene and he loved the scene so much that as they continued to film he kept plugging the fact that this guy was a musician he just wanted to play music he just kept plugging it in throughout the they just kept building on it. But so that threw you off though when he came in because to me I felt like that helped you kind of hook better with him to make no, you no, no. feel like it's not that it's his performance. Oh, the scatting, the jazz scatting. Yes, <laughs> you're yes. like that's not my kind of music, buddy. It's not even that. It's just his performance. His performance. Uh, there, there was another the other scene where he's coming in after he saw after he saw the bird. I think he might have already led the guy or the bird, the, the serpent. I think he might have already led the guys up there. But he's talking to his girlfriend in the apartment. Um, certain choices in there, I I I couldn't fully go with. But um, <laughs> you know what threw me? But off? No, but then there were other moments where, but there were there were other moments where I was like, dang, okay, this dude. Like you said, I could see Bill Burr playing this exact same role in the exact same way, <laughs> and it fits and it works and it's great. You know, let's remake it, dude. Let's rewrite this and and cast Bill Burr in this role, dude. Absolutely, let's do it, dude. Uh, and we'll 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 record. Uh, we'll, we'll talk to the visual effects guys before we go and film the scenes. There was a few times in this film that made me feel like, golly, dude, either the writing or the direction here. This this is rough because there was that one time when he first gets there. He gets to the Chrysler building and mm-hmm. he's there to meet his lawyer. Like this is literally his lawyer and the lawyer's doors locked. And when he just all he does is shake it, an alarm goes off. Yeah, I know. In dude. a lawyer's <laughs> office, an alarm goes off to give this like security guard this like what's going on, right? A security guard with a, a gun, mind you, right? <laughs> then you know, he he gets out there and he starts climbing up 
And there's this moment where he stops and just starts talking to himself. It's just like, I've been scared of a lot of things in my life, but heights ain't one of them. Like, <laughs> we don't need that. We didn't have to think know, to ourselves dude. whether or not you were afraid of heights. That was the most weird, awkward moment in the in the movie. Okay, or one no? The, I think the I think the, the the most awkward moment in the movie is when when uh, Moriarty is running from the the two guys who are trying to get the jewels from him at his apartment. Oh, and he starts going down the, <laughs> the fire escape, and there's a song playing. <laughs> like, what the hell is this? Yeah, that's another that's another rough part of this movie is the soundtrack, right? Like the choice of score in certain times of this movie was just like, wow, this is not the kind of music you want to play right now. Like you want more dramatic music during a chase scene or something. And this is like fucking the sounds of music, the, the, the you know, like it's, it's weird. <laughs> and then, yeah, yeah. like the, the soundtrack, even at times, you're just like, what? what? Like I could see it fitting in the right. It would work there in that exact same scene. If the entire movie was different, if everything around that scene was completely different, it was a completely different movie with a completely different storyline, then yes, I could see that working in something else, but just not this. It just didn't fit with the tone, you know? I think this is the first time since we've started this show that I've got to be like, I don't know. This movie was. That's not true. Completely rough. Which one was up there? Halloween Town. Yeah, this is better than Halloween Town, dude. <laughs> no, but yeah, this one um this one's rough. And and here's the thing though, the more I talk about it and think back on it, this is the kind of rough where you might like it if you're into really bad cheesy kind. You know what I mean? Like I could see you liking I mean, honestly, enough I liked of this. It. Yes, I did like it. Yeah. It was rough, very rough, okay. but I liked it. <laughs> At the end of the day, I enjoyed it. I'm thinking to myself, why do I keep talking about it in a way where I do kind of like some of the stuff I'm saying? Because I went in knowing exactly what this movie was. You went in with completely different expectations and it didn't meet your expectations. That's exactly. Yeah. I I don't want to say I'll never watch it again because that's probably not true. I'll probably watch this again. I'll probably have to be really fucking high, but I'll watch it. Uh, But yeah, dude, this it definitely wasn't what I was expecting. And this is definitely one of the more rougher films that we've seen since we started this podcast. I agree. I agree. 100, <laughs> 100%. Uh, but again, Larry Cohen, dude, you got to love Larry Cohen. And we got I, more uh, of him coming up. We got the stuff coming yes, up Yes, I know, dude. He, um, He's an interesting character to me. Is he? Guy's no longer with us. He died in 2019, I think. Okay. Um, but like when you hear him talk and you listen to the things he says, he comes off very arrogant, but at the same time, very humble. It's very, at least that's how really? I see him and, and I hear him. It's very fucking bizarre. But, um, but yeah, so what I did was I ended up watching the movie for this and then I found the movie with a commentary, Oh, <laughs> with a commentary of his. So I sat there and I listened to the commentary today. Let me tell you how um, annoyed I was though, because when I wanted to watch this movie, I saw it was on Pluto TV so I started okay. to watch it and I fell asleep. And uh, one I night. don't know how to work Pluto. I can't get on there and search anything. You can't I don't know search. How that fucking you just have works, to dude. scan and look for it. You can't. Search. Really? You can't like look Man, like what a, search. What a, what a stupid way to run an app. Right. So then the next thing was is I went to Amazon Prime and I'm like, oh, there's two versions. There's one that has director's commentary and there's one that doesn't. So I rented mm-hmm. the one that didn't, and it had the director's commentary. I was like, fuck's happening right Did now. It really? Couldn't turn off it. Yeah, I couldn't turn off the audio. Couldn't do any of it. So I was like, oh, this is frustrating. So I ended up uh, renting it on Vudu so I could watch it. Okay. Um, But yeah. 
that was yeah annoying. i got both versions on um on Amazon. So you listened to I it? I saw that it was on Pluto too, but like I said, I couldn't get on there and search. And I'm like, I'm not going to fucking mess around with this, dude. Um, but yeah, it was interesting to hear him talk and hear about the, you know, the making of the film and, um, you know, what went into it, what his expectations were. And he, he considers this one of his most fun films. So there's that. Well, I could tell um, it looks like a fun film to make. You to know make. What I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, what else? Um, oh, should I get into my tidbits now? Do it. I mean, we're kind of working into it. Yeah, yeah, get in. Um, but what happened was he was actually in New York City to make another film. Oh, wait, before um, you do was... say this, uh, before you get into your tidbits, how did we mess this up? This isn't our first Larry Cohen film. What was our first Larry Cohen film? Full Moon High. Oh, was it really? Yes. And that makes oh, sense. Fuck. That makes sense. Like that I that whole kind of like can't be really yes. having a lot of fun and not caring Dang, how that comes across kind of film right because i should have known that because i heard him talking about alan arkin earlier so then yeah oh, so this right. is our second one two years in a row from larry cohen oh, okay. all right yeah so let's get into your tidbits dude what do you got um so he was actually uh making another movie at the time in new york city uh got fired from that one for creative differences um and then they thought he was just going to move out of his hotel room. But then he came out a couple of days later and had this whole fucking movie in production and working. So uh, I don't know how the hell he managed to do that. But, um, <laughs> a bunch this was of the cocaine. result of getting fired on one movie. Probably, dude. I want I, When you look at him, you can tell that Larry Cohen probably did a lot of cocaine back in the day. Um, <laughs> and I, I have a feeling, sneaking s- suspicion, that this movie is fueled on, on adrenaline and cocaine. Um <laughs> But yeah, so he, he he got fired from the other movie and then somehow managed to pull this one together. Um, so funny story. Yeah, uh, and and I heard this on the uh, audio commentary, so I know this is true according to uh, Larry Cohen. Um, so they couldn't put the nest up in the the dome of the Chrysler Building for obvious reasons. Yeah. Um, so what they did was they rented uh, an old NYPD HQ building in uh, Chinatown. Uh, which had a nice dome on it. So they built the nest up there. They did their filming. Uh, he told the guys when they were done, you know, wrap out. They took everything out, took the egg, took all their equipment, their cords. About a year later, uh, Larry Cohen saw the uh, front page of the New York Times. All these are, uh, anthropologists were um, coming to New York City to study this giant nest that had oh been found my God, in the old no New York way, uh, <laughs> NYPD HQ uh, in Chinatown. Um, oh. And he said he didn't say a goddamn thing because he didn't know what the implications would be. <laughs> so he kept his mouth shut. That's amazing. Uh, but yeah, that, that, that struck me as being pretty fucking funny. Um, I don't know what would happen. I'd, I'd freak out if that was me. <laughs> oh, shit, dude. Um. So yeah, there's there's that. Um, also, there were supposed to be some different casting choices in this movie. Um, originally, Bruce Willis supposed to play uh, David Carradine's character. Um, however, they decided not to go with him because he was not as well known uh, at the time. Was he just starting blue, uh, moonlighting then? Uh, probably. Um, and Jimmy Quinn. We almost didn't get Moriarty. Um, you ready for this one? We almost had Eddie Murphy. But again, wasn't as big of a name yet. That would have been weird, dude. Yeah. Yeah. That would have been weird. Bruce Willis and Eddie Murphy. (laughs) Dude, yeah. 
I'm glad. I mean, I'm glad they got who they got because honestly, I did like. I liked him. I like Michael Moriarty. What else has he been in? Is there anything else he ever did after this um, that that be? Did he do anything? He was in some other Larry Cohen movies. Was he? Yeah, I believe so. Because I felt like I really liked this guy. I feel like he should have been. He should have done more. Yeah, I really liked his shit, stuff, dude. dude. Yeah, uh, it's a live three. Oh God, yeah, he was on the stuff. Yes, the stuff. A lot of stuff, actually. Holy cow. Politics? He got into politics. Oh, no. This is his politics. They're talking about his politics on here. Who cares? He got into politics? What? No. Uh, the know. Return of Salem's Lot, which was Larry Cohen again. Yep. Um, he did a lot of Larry Cohen films. You're not kidding. Yeah. Oh, he played Dennis Randall in The Dark Tower. Interesting. Interesting. Dude, I liked this guy. I really did. Yeah. No, he was good. Uh, he was in Shiloh, too. Holy shit, I haven't seen that movie in forever. I don't know what that is. Uh, so Shiloh is a movie about a beagle. It's one of those fucking boy saves dog from being put down by angry countrymen uh, uh, movies. Uh, so he was in the sequel to that. Nice. Yeah, man. Long came a spider. I'm glad they had the cast they did because it was just enough of rec- you know, a couple of people you could recognize Mm-hmm. A bunch of people mm-hmm. you didn't recognize, or maybe you did in passing, because like one of the one of those um, uh, criminals that was part of that gang that ended up beating him up when they were chasing him down. Like I've recognized the guy him. with He's, the mustache. No, the other one. I recognize him from stuff. He's been in other things. Um, always as a, like a, a side character, like a you know, just a kind of like a, a yeah, like a B character. Yeah. Um. um interesting, man. This movie was just like yeah, comment. overall interesting, dude. I got one more thing for you. What you got? So apparently they uh, went to do a preview screening of this movie, right? A whole bunch of people came out to the theater to see this movie. Um, Because somehow there was a rumor that had gotten started that this screening was of the uh, Close Encounters of the Third Kind. So people went there thinking they were going to see that? I guess. What? This is 1982. When did Close Encounters of the Third Kind come out? I, thought it was... I don't know, dude. 1977. So maybe they thought it was a sequel to Close Encounters of the Third Kind or something. Something, something tied no to it, yeah. Yeah. Um, so then when they uh, when they saw the first producer's name came up and saw it wasn't Steven Spielberg, I guess people were getting up and leaving. <laughs> but... uh but yeah, so that 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 would I'd feel pretty bad if I made a film and that happened. So mm. don't ever walk out of a movie theater. Just just rough it. <laughs> just stick with it. Just rough it. You might end up loving it. You never know. Yeah, and maybe you'll find a hidden gem like this, and you can be the one who who, who brings it to the attention of the world. You see this out on VHS? You picking it up? Oh fuck yeah! <laughs> You're like hell yeah, dude. This fucking Absolutely. cute wing serpent man. It's a classic. It's it a is classic. now, yeah. Uh, again, it's it's. It's a 1980s version of King Kong. It really yeah, is, dude. Without as much of the monster. Larry Cohen's also salty. I feel like Larry Cohen gets salty a lot. Uh, he was salty because they made a Godzilla movie a couple years later, uh, and he says they ripped off the fucking movie. He said, <laughs> right down to the right down to Godzilla laying an egg. That's awesome. Yeah. Great, dude. Um, all right, man. Let's move on. What do we have coming next all right. week? Oh. Last, I can't even talk. Next week is uh, our last of 1982, going out with a I consider a bang. Yep. Uh, got two heavy hitters here, uh, Stephen King uh, on the writing end and acting end, um, and on the directing side we have George Romero, 
with 1982's Creep Show. Yeah, dude, I can't wait for that. That's gonna be fun. Is that that's our first um, anthology film? Yeah, I think so. Maybe. Yeah. Well, on our first anthology film in the 80s. Yes. Yes. Now, uh, after that, we're not taking a break. We're just gonna do like maybe we're gonna talk Halloween. I think we said we're gonna do something. Yeah. Something that like a little. Yeah. Like just one one quick inter- interlude, and then we'll uh, go back into 83. Right 83. But uh, man, so. one more for eighty two. Q Q. The the jury's still out on Q. I don't know if it is one of these ones where I'm going to love it for how bad it is, or I'm just gonna be like, yeah, I don't know if I could watch. I love that it for again. how bad it is. Again, <laughs> I knew what I was getting into, so I, I gotta love it for what it is. That's awesome. That's awesome. All right, guys, thanks so much for listening to another episode of Out of the Shadows. We'll see you guys next week with Creep Show. Uh, until then, Jim, tell them what they got to do. Uh, you already know. Uh, go follow us, like us, uh, and subscribe uh, to the show, to our social medias, on Twitter, Facebook, uh, Instagram, and the Slasher app. Um, please interact, leave some feedback, uh, rate us if you're on uh, iTunes, or sorry, uh, Apple Podcast. I'm uh, like eight years ago. Um, yeah, just interact, leave some comments, tell us what you like, what you don't like. Um, just say hi. Sweet. There you go. Until then, we'll see you next week. Remember... Keep your eye on the shadows.